0: Hello and welcome to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I am Sonny Giuliano, and as always, I am joined by the notorious PMC, Paul Michael Clark. Paulie, how you doing, buddy? You feeling any better than you were last week at this time? Yeah, uh, much better. Uh,
1: better. Had some health issues I was dealing with, but uh,
0: I think we're finally over a month. I'm starting to feel much better. In the clear, that's good news, buddy. I'm I'm glad. I was worried about you, but you you battled through. It was a a courageous performance last week on the podcast. I'm uh I would I compare it to Michael Jordan's flu game. I know you're not a Michael Jordan guy, but I'm working on a a future Michael Jordan piece that I'm writing for uh, an end of the year writing project. So that was uh that was the equivalent of the flu game for us I don't know that we've ever had a health issue quite that serious in the history of uh us doing a podcast a jumbo package or otherwise but i'm I'm glad you're you're feeling better back in in good condition um, two weeks in the books already we are heading into week three of the n f l season and we might as well get rolling first with our top six and bottom six, bottom six which we are now calling the Shitty Teens Club thanks to a, a genius executive decision on your part last week. So right. let's do, <laughs> let's do, uh, let's start with the top six. We we haven't come up with a new catchy name for that. I think top six will uh, will be just fine. Um, I would say probably not much movement from where we were last week, but, but let's go over it. Um At the very tippy-top, I think it's safe to say that our two prohibitive favorites in the AFC are probably the top two teams in the league at this point, New England and Kansas City. Would you probably agree with that? I would. Um, Number three, I I actually, I ranked them one through six this week, which was different than last week. Um, I have Los Angeles, the, the Rams, number three. I don't necessarily feel great about it, but as defending NFC champions, 2-0. and oh, They beat um, the Saints last week in L.A., uh, uh, an NFC championship game rematch. I felt like they were justified to be number three on the list. Would you agree?
1: I did. That's that's who I had number three as well.
0: Oh, you ranked them two? Yes. Very good. Um, number four might be a point of contention. Who do you have? The Dallas Cowboys all right i had I had Dallas number six, and I have them new in the rankings for this week, uh, essentially taking the spot that Philadelphia occupied for a they lost to Atlanta on Sunday Night football and b the the annual oh boy, the Eagles are getting decimated by injuries uh panic set in so. In theory, I agree with you. I, I even think that there's a case that, based on two weeks of a body of work, you could probably say that Dallas may be, in actuality, the number three team in the league. Their play has has definitely warranted it, but yeah. the,
1: the the competition they've played hasn't been great. So that's true. Um, it, I mean, it, it's
0: it's one of those things where, well, like I mean, any sort of
1: and on the road and the Saints where Dallas has beat the Giants and the Redskins. So we're, we we got the Rams a, a little bit out of Dallas, right?
0: Uh, fair, but I would say if you look at New England then, if we're playing the who have they played game, then we have to say, okay, New England is beat up on Pittsburgh and even though Pittsburgh had Big Ben at that point, probably not a top tier AFC team and then they beat the the shittiest of all the teams in the shitty teams club, Miami last week.
1: I'm just, you know,
0: right. I, we talked about it last week, a little bit with Baltimore in that you could only beat the teams that you have on the schedule. And if you take care of business in a way where you are dominant in those wins, I think you deserve credit for it. Even if other teams have been tested um, in, in a, a more, in a more clear way. Um, with that said, I have Dallas number six, so it's not like I'm trying to make a case for them to be number three on this list. I have Green Bay at four. Um, I I just, you know, if we are weighing who these teams have played, I think it's very fair to say that Green Bay has beat maybe the best caliber of competition of any of the teams in this top six. At Chicago, week one, and, you know, I'm not going to get too high on the Bears just yet after pulling up a miracle win in Denver last week. But a win away from home Thursday night football to open the season, um, that's a good win. And then taking care of business against another division rival, Minnesota, who last week we both talked about as a potential top-six team moving forward. Um, That's probably the, the best combination of wins that we have from any team in the league at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean they they're off to a good start. I mean last Sunday they off to a real fast start. They're up twenty one nothing really before you could blink. And they kind of sputtered. I mean I'm still waiting for this offense to to kind of look like Aaron Rodgers offense. Uh the defense is pretty good. Uh really good actually but the offense has
0: to show me some. That's fair. Um, did you have them in your top six? I had them six. Okay. So we, we essentially flip-flopped uh, Green Bay and Dallas. And then number five, I had Baltimore.
1: I also had Baltimore.
0: And, again, they're, they're another case of you could only do so much against the teams that you have been scheduled to play. They go to Miami week one. They take care of biz- business against Arizona week two. Um, this week will be the really big test for them moving forward, and we'll get to that game uh, really,
1: they really weren't ultra impressive though last week. I gotta say, um Kyler Murray looked good last week, he, you know i thought I thought he would struggle on the road in both more in that game, and I'll tell you what he, he the cardinals hung around in that game, that's a surprise,
0: Yeah, they were right there. Um you know it it took a a really nice Lamar Jackson to Hollywood Brown ball down the sideline on third down about halfway through the fourth quarter when at that point Baltimore was only up six where you're in in danger of giving the ball back to Kyler and giving them a chance to take the lead um and it was just a hell of a throw by by Lamar um but you know, again, we will I, we'll have a much better feel for where Baltimore is within this top six, um, and, and within the, the the landscape of the whole league after their game this week. Uh, shitty teams club, again, a great call on on your part last week, and I think <laughs> that that rather than just naming our bottom six teams, we should do this like a high school club. Like, like we're going to have a club president and a vice president and a secretary and a treasurer. I think that that's how we do this shitty teams club. Paulie, were you in any clubs back in high school? Uh, student council, I think I was in. Oh, very nice. I was, uh, I was the president of a club called the Varsity Club, which was like the boys' version of the Girls' Athletic Association. And then I was uh, I was the vice president of National Honor Society, a position which I didn't want and actively tried to get out of by not going to <laughs> meetings, but I, I never got impeached. <laughs> anyway, uh, the clear-cut club president of the shitty teams club is the Miami Dolphins. And here's what I'll say about Miami. They're purposely trying to stink. And my yeah. goodness, they are doing a masterful job at it. They yep. they have been demolished in in the the two games that they've played by the score of ninety-two to ten, if my if my math off the top of my head is right. Um actually no, a hundred and two to ten. Maybe I should have been in the math club. <laughs> <laughs> uh so they they have they have lost their first two games a hundred and two Oh, wait, what is it? 92. Did did New England score 33 or 43 last week? 43. Okay, so yeah, 102 to 10. Man, that college degree is coming in handy. Uh, So 102 to 10, and it's all by design. And now somehow they, this weekend, or I guess after the weekend, they fleece Pittsburgh into giving up a first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. And granted, he a very solid young player, only in the second year. But this is a, a Sam Hinke, trust the process kind of move if I've ever seen one. They now have three first-round picks for next year. That Pittsburgh pick, they're without Ben Roethlisberger for the year. We have no idea how Mason Rudolph is going to be. That could end up being like a top-eight pick. I can't believe it. I, I, I applaud them for being this bad on purpose. Hey, they're pretty bad.
1: They kind of remind me of, of the Cleveland Indians in Major League. Like, that's kind of what they're shooting for, but I don't think they're going to, like, make this historic historic run like like uh, Jake Taylor and Roger Dorn did.
0: No, I, you know, Wild Thing is not coming out of that bullpen. No, um, Pedro
1: Serrano is not walking through that door.
0: <laughs> it's, it's just going to continue to be bad. Um, I'm also not putting
1: on the headset. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. A, a great movie. Uh, and I, and oddly enough, they were planning to move to Miami. So it all yeah. kind of comes full, full circle. Yeah. Uh, again, just, just a masterful job. Because uh, it's clear what they're doing. And, you know, props to them. A, a clear-cut club president. I think vice president. Could we probably say the New York Giants uh how about the New York Jets <sighs> now, I had the Jets as the treasurer, so the fourth team um I mean, they're
1: they're i mean without Darnold and c j. Mosley, and now Jamal Adams is kind of asking for a trade because he got taken out for a late hit. Oh, things are unraveling in New York fastly.
0: You know, I'm willing to compromise, and I'm—I I think for now we could say co-vice presidents, which has never been done. But this is this is our podcast, so we could do that. So, just New York football, aside from the Bills,
1: they—they share—they share a stadium. They might as well share the vice presidency.
0: I love it. Well, that's—we'll roll with that. Um, secretary, I. You know, could it it could this is kind of, see, I I had Pittsburgh just because, like, what what do we expect from them for the rest of the year now?
1: That defense is terrible.
0: It's terrible. And, like, now we don't know what, what James Conner is going to be doing. Like, he's banged up. Who are the receivers besides Juju? What's gonna happen with Mason Rudolph? Like, is he gonna be okay? Like, he looked fine in in relief of Big Ben last week, but like, it, what does he look like over the course of the next 14 games? I had Pittsburgh as my secretary.
1: I'd like my secretary to be
0: Cam Newton. Cam Newton? Well. Well, let's transition. He dresses
1: like, he dresses like a secretary, so <laughs> uh,
0: let's transition into weekly worst. Because we could probably start with Cam Newton. Oh. Um, I, now, look, I, I am going into this with an open mind. I actually did not pick a weekly worst. I wanted your input on it because I felt like there were four deserving candidates. Um, Cam Newton is one of them. He he was just overthrowing guys on intermediate routes he was underthrowing guys on deep balls his ball placement was just all over the place and then he rolled up to the press conference like he was the wolf disguised as little red riding hood's grandma yes i don't know what the deal is to me it's clear that he's not right and apparently he was wearing a walking boot at practice today um i don't know what the issue is with the shoulder but it does seem like there are some injuries lingering, and that's partially responsible for how bad he was on Thursday Night Football. And he was so bad that he was worse than our Week One Weekly Worst Award winner, Jameis Winston. Really hard to accomplish. It really is. Um, another candidate, and you know, I I don't know how much stock we put in this because we just talked about how this team is actively trying to lose football games. But Ryan Fitzpatrick was a disaster against New England's defense. He was 11 for 21, 89 yards, three interceptions, threw kick sixes on back-to-back possessions. Um, he was benched for Josh Rosen for the second straight game. Uh, I don't know if we should, we should penalize him for being this bad or like Say I'm sorry that you're in the situation. It's a very it's it's weird to to evaluate Ryan Fitzpatrick's place within the weekly worst. I mean,
1: I think, yeah, I mean he was awful, but first of all, like you said, the team's terrible, and I think you're gonna find a lot of quarterbacks with real bad stats against the Patriots this year.
0: This is true. Um, the two other candidates I had, Eli Manning, for, for again, being not good, and, and in fairness, Eli hasn't been good for four years. So, you know, this isn't like an aberration. He has had worse games than the ones he had against Buffalo. But now it was the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. He's been benched for Daniel Jones heading into week three. And then finally, Kirk Cousins who was 14 for 32, 230 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, one fumble lost, and that includes a truly terrible interception in the back of the end zone with Minnesota trailing only 21 to 16 in the fourth quarter, as bad of a throw as you'll see all week in week two, and I found this stat. This one was interesting. So since the start of the 2015 season when Cousins took over as the full-time starter in Washington, only Jameis Winston, Blake Bortles, and Eli Manning have more combined interceptions and fumbles than Kirk Cousins.
1: Wow. I guess you found out why Minnesota only threw 10 times in Week one.
0: It all makes sense. You like
1: that? I I don't know I don't know where we go with this weekly worst.
0: Mm. I will le- I will leave the final vote up up to you. Yeah, I'm stuck. Cam- <laughs> <laughs> Very excited to cast that vote, weren't you?
1: Yep. Strictly because of the outfit he rolled up to the podium with after the game.
0: It was a, an interesting look, especially in a loss. It looked
1: like the he looked like, you know, what Grammy used to wear on her head when it rained when she would go to church back in the day.
0: Fair assessment, and and he also didn't play quarterback very well. So Cam Newton, the week two weekly worst award winner. Congratulations, um, you suck again. And, all right, week three games. Um, I have a a two zero lead in our picks competition. I was nine and seven last week. You were eight and eight. Um, the overall record so far, I am twenty eleven and one. You are sixteen fifteen and one. I have and, a
1: question. What games yes. did we pick different
0: last week? Oh, you're gonna make me pull up the schedule and. Because I, I thought we picked hope. three
1: games different last week, and I picked I pick two of them right, and you picked one of them right.
0: Oh, we we are calling into – you're contesting the results. What the hell is this? The enthralling podcasts right now um, as I furiously search so let's see. Um you had you had Indy, I had Tennessee, so you got that one. I had Jacksonville, you had Houston, I won that one. Right. And you had Chicago minus two and a half, I had Denver, the Bears won by two. Uh, I thought it was one and a half, my bad. No, two and a half is the line that we had. Um, okay. I'm sure it moved. It, that, that one was kind of all over the place. But um, at the time we made the picks, it was two and a half. But as we move into week three, you have ground to make up. We have five games different this week, Paulie, including our Thursday night football matchup, the one and one Tennessee Titans visiting the O and two Jacksonville Jaguars. The Titans are a one and a half point favorite on the road at Jacksonville. This is not the sexiest Thursday night football matchup, but it's one that I'm looking forward to because we're we're still trying to piece together what the AFC stealth is going to look like. And I think it's fair to say that at this point we probably can't cross off any of these four teams. Would you agree with that assessment? Jacksonville's a dumpster fire. You're crossing them off. <laughs> two weeks, two weeks after you picked them to win the division, now you you are off the bandwagon. Well, yeah, I picked. I I
1: wasn't picking uh, Gardner Minshew to win the division. I was picking Nick
0: very true, but I just want to point this out, and I'm glad oh, you made played, that point. You
1: played really good.
0: Had Now, had someone said before week one, before any games were played, if they said, okay, through two games, Nick Foles is going to be averaging about 250 yards per game. He's going to have a 3-to-1 touchdown and interception ratio. His passer rating is going to be, about 112, and his completion percentage is going to be 77%, we'd be saying, oh, wow, Jacksonville, they must be in pretty good shape. But instead, it's Gardner Minshew who puts up those stats, who orchestrated an incredible late fourth quarter drive to get Jacksonville, the touchdown they needed. He made all the big-time throws, a couple plays on the ground, and then I'm going to give credit to Doug Marone. The, he, the Jags had the momentum. He decided to go for two. Now I'm going to pull all that credit away because he took the ball out of Gardner Minshew's hands and ran a shotgun draw to Leonard Fournette. They were right there in that game. And, I, I you know, I got to say, I think that Gardner Minshew, he, to me, looks like an NFL starter.
1: He does. He's not Nick
0: Foles, but he's not you Nick know. Foles, but he's significantly
1: getting the. You know, I I just feel like the team would be playing a lot more confidently with Foles leading them. Not that the other guy's playing bad because he's not, but it's just a different feel.
0: See, I'm not I'm not as full on Nick Foles. I don't think I I think that. You know, a lot of that, he got hot on a run with a stacked Eagles team that had a good infrastructure, that had a lot of talent. Are we sure he'd be playing better than Gardner Minshew right now? I mean, uh,
1: hard to say. I'm not, I'm
0: not positive.
1: The, the last few times we saw Nick Foles, he played at a pretty high level.
0: Fair. That, that's fair. It, look, we 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 split this one. I took Jacksonville. You took Tennessee. The, ultimately, there are seven words that are preventing me from taking Tennessee in this game. Marcus Mariota, on the road in prime time. I'm taking Jacksonville. Okay. And that's my justification.
1: Okay. I mean, I'll put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville won. As long as they're not fighting each other or anything on the sideline.
0: <laughs> well, apparently Jalen Ramsey and Doug Marone, they aired it out. They had a talk. They're good now. Everything,
1: yeah.
0: you know, they they found their mojo. Things are good.
1: Yeah, they had their talk when Jalen Ramsey said, I want to be traded.
0: Oh, I, I heard they had a different talk. Maybe, Maybe, I don't know. Oh. Oh boy, what a mess. Um all right, on the Sunday. Boy Paulie, I am conflicted about this one. The two and O Baltimore Ravens visiting the two and O Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a six and a half point favorite at home. And I don't know what to do about my two AFC teams. I, I don't know I don't know where my rooting interest should lie. Um boy I tell you
1: into this.
0: <laughs> Andy Reid, he he is uh he's my, my longtime spouse, but you know, I I had something magical. I had a group thing with Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman and John Harbaugh during our divisional round or our divisional previews and I can't help but think about it. I can't help but think about how I was right about this Ravens offense.
1: It's slow your, slow your roll. All right, they they've uh, they struggled a little bit last week at home against the Cardinals. So don't get too excited just yet.
0: Fair, they they only put up twenty three points, but I, you picked Baltimore, I picked Baltimore. So what's the what's the rationale here on your end?
1: I mean, I think Kansas City will win. I just think it'll be close.
0: That's kind of where I stood, too. These two teams played in Kansas City last year, week 14, so it was after Lamar had taken over. Granted, they hadn't crafted this offense at that point, but the Ravens took Kansas City to overtime. The Chiefs won by three. Um, And what I found interesting in that game was the Ravens got to Mahomes more than any other team in the league. They hit him 15 times in that meeting last year um and so far this year they have the most quarterback hits of any team in the nfl so defensively even if some of the guys have changed from from last year to this year it does seem like they will be able to pressure mahomes in the pocket challenge him at least a little i i think we're at the point where with this chief's offense and with the weapons they have and his comfort in this offense that it's going to be really, really difficult to just slow this team down for four quarters, but they'll at least make life difficult for him. And this Ravens offense theoretically should be able to do more against this Chiefs defense than they did last.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what what I'm baking on. I figure, you know, they could get their running game going, play a little – you know, keep away with the ball and, you know, limit Mahomes' possessions, I think they could stay in there.
0: (laughs) One thing I will say that I I liked about the Ravens' offense last week, and, you know, the quality of opponent was obviously much different. As as bad as Arizona is, they aren't Miami bad. Um, And we speculated about this heading into... Uh, their game last week. And we didn't know if it would come against Arizona, but we, you know, we talked about how there would come a point where they would unleash Lamar as a runner. And they did that last week, 16 rushes, 120 yards on top of 272 yards passing and two touchdowns. So the way their offense looked, it, it did change from when they played Miami, um, I'm I'm just really excited for this game. Uh, to me, it's the best game on the slate uh, of Week Three. Um, so many individuals that I like. It's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure you're just as excited. Oh, I'm pumped. <laughs> All right, next up, the O and two Denver Broncos visiting the two and O Green Bay Packers. The Packers are a seven and a half. Point favorite. Um, I don't know what I'm missing here. I, I don't. I don't understand why this line is only seven and a half.
1: Because people love Denver.
0: Is that it? Is, is that? Is that? And I'm not like being sarcastic or anything. Is that like the the thing? Is is there like a, a known thing that the the public is generally on Denver? Because yeah. I would think. I would think the public would be on Green Bay because they're one of those teams too that everyone seems to love. But yeah. the only the only thing I could think was is there's still concern about this Packers offense? And you pointed it out when we were doing our top six. There are still question marks. They haven't really clicked yet. But I mean,
1: there, uh, there could be some concerns about Denver's offense too.
0: Yeah, and the Denver defense. Let's not let them off the hook because they don't have a sack yet this year. They're the only no. team in the league, you know, with Von Miller, with Bradley Chubb, these great edge rushers. They bring in Vic Fangio, who I love for what he did for, for my Bears. They don't have a sack yet. They're the only team in the league that hasn't gotten a sack. Um, you know, your your Raiders look pretty damn good offensively against the Broncos on Monday Night Football opener. Um, yeah. And this Packers defense, you know... We don't. The, the Bears' offense is nothing to write home about. They held them to three points. They only gave up two big plays to Minnesota, one long Dalvin Cook run, and then the, the I think it was, 48-yard pass from uh, Kirk Cousins to Sondiggs that that got Minnesota back in the game. But they just fly around. I think that this is going to be a disastrous game for Joe Flacco. Um... I, I think Green Bay wins this in a blowout. Uh, to me, this is one of the most curious lines of the week. I, you know, we have we have a game where, well, two games where teams are favored by three touchdowns or more. Um, I'm not saying that Green Bay should be favored by three touchdowns, but as I, I was looking at this game and I, I was thinking about what the line might be, I thought it would be at least ten. Um, so I will happily take Green Bay. Me too. I'm with you. uh next up, the one oh and one Detroit Lions visiting the one and one Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are a six and a half point favorite at home. And I gotta say, I you know I wouldn't have expected that I would have to seriously contemplate this game, but that's where I am. And I am actually taking Detroit in this one.
1: Oh man, I I really wanted to. I really wanted to. Man, these injuries Philly has already are, are crazy. Um, I I don't know. I this this game scared me. I it took me a while, but I just had to go with Philly at home.
0: It's fair. Like I said, I had to really think about this one. Um, but they're already so banged up. And, you know, I I don't know what to make of Detroit yet. But I went into last week feeling like the Chargers would roll over them in Detroit. And, you know, granted, they had a chance to. The Chargers had two touchdowns called back for holding penalties. Um, with a chance to go up 17-6, to six, and then Austin Eckler fumbles on the one-yard line. Um, so they they very easily could have lost that game, but they could also very easily be 2-0 and right now. They they blew a big fourth-quarter lead to Arizona week one. Um, I don't know. I, I just think this game is tight. I think that they could hang in there. I would pick Philadelphia to win straight up, but I think Detroit covers. I, I just have a feeling. Wouldn't
1: surprise me.
0: The 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals visiting the 2-0 Buffalo Bills. The Bills are a six-point favorite. Uh, two stats that Bills fans will, will love to hear. Number one, since week one of the 2018 season, the Bills average the fewest passing yards allowed in the NFL. I, I thought that was interesting. And two, Last week, Josh Allen threw for 200 yards for the seventh straight game. He is the first Bills quarterback to do that since Jim Kelly in 1992. Wow. That second set actually might depress them momentarily to think that it had been 27 years. But then they could think, oh, we have we have our quarterback. And I, I do kind of feel like Josh Allen's the guy. He, I, you know, it, it's early. He, he has less than a full season's worth of starts under his belt.
1: Um,
0: but he looks pretty good. He, you know, they, they've they crafted a nice little offense there. I like that they still do things like just run quarterback sweeps where they have every lineman pull and a bunch of guys lead blockings for him because he could do that. He he seems like he has improved it as a passer from from year one to year two. Uh got more I really a lot more weapons, and that helps, and you know, credit to, to the Bills for going out and improving their roster in a meaningful way and getting their their young quarterbacks some guys to throw to because it's paying off it, you know, just looking at it across the board and again it's early, but completion percentage. It was fifty three percent last year, sixty four percent so far. Quarterback rating, 68 last year, 85 so far this year. It just, it looks a lot better. Um, and I really like them in this game. And, you know, this is typically a game where, we and we talked about it last week when they are favored on the road against the Giants. We talked about how we have seen this before where the Bills, their fans get their hopes up. It, it is kind of a trap game. And then, the shoe drops and they lose that game, and maybe, maybe this is the game that they should be looking out for because they take care of business against the other two New York teams, and now they have a chance if they win this one to go in to a Week Four matchup three and O against New England, who will likely be three and O. And I mean, that's a hell of a game, and and you know, the Bills will be a massive underdog in that game, but that. You know, whatever they call that field now, was it, New Era Field? It used to be Ralph Wilson. Everyone there will be nuts for that game. And, you know, we're both from Western New York, and we give Bill Stans a lot of grief on this podcast. But not only am I picking Buffalo to win and cover this game, I'm hoping they do. I want that Bills-Patriots game in Week 4.
1: I think you're going to get it, brother. I think you're going to get it. 3-0 Three and Buffalo against three and New England next week at New Era Field.
0: I will say though, the the only worry that I have about this game is that Cincinnati might just be one of those teams that they're just so up and down, where some weeks they look good. I mean, they they look good against Seattle. They outgained the Seahawks by nearly two hundred yards. And then last week, San Francisco, they go into Paul Brown Stadium and they put an absolute beating on the Bengals. So that might just be them all year. All right. Yeah. Next up, this is uh this is one of the most interesting games on the schedule for for Week Three, the one and one Atlanta Falcons visiting the one and one Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, what are you looking for in this game? Because these are two teams that, and it's early in the season, but one of these two teams is going to be leading their division, potentially outright, at the end of this week. And, you know, they both started out 0-1. And season was deflated before it even started with Andrew Luck's retirement. Um, And then you have Atlanta, who looked just awful in week one, and then they get this big home win on Sunday Night Football last week. So what are you looking for in this game Um, from from two teams that, that, you know, based on the line, are pretty even?
1: I think this is going to be a really good game. Um, I, I, I just look for the Colts to get really physical with Atlanta. You know, Atlanta, you know, they're fast. They like to run around you're not going to beat Atlanta going side to side. You're going to beat them playing power football and using your muscle. And Indy has a lot of it with that offensive line. And they're big and strong and physical. And I think they'll just be able to run the ball. And, you you know, it's their first home game. I think the crowd will be into it. And uh, I think Indy gets to win. I, I think they're all
0: right. I went with the Colts, too. I, you know. I like the way that Jacoby Brissett has played. Um, you know, he, he's not Andrew Luck, but I, I don't think any any Colts fan could, could rightfully complain about the way that he's played so far this year. I, you know, he made some plays in that that Chargers game that they took to overtime. Um, he, he's completing 69% of his passes, a 5-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio. He looks really solid. Um, and like you said, I think that this is probably an underrated Colts defense. I, I think that they'll be able to put up a little bit of a fight against this, this Falcons offense that looked to sort of regain their mojo last week against Philadelphia. Uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, they finally got going. They had over 200 yards combined in that game, three touchdowns, um, but I, I, this is going to be a really fun game. I, I do worry that Adam Vinatieri, who all of a sudden looks like a 46-year-old man, um, it, it might potentially cost Indy because, man, he's tried to cost them these, two, these first two games. It, it's unbelievable. <laughs> um, to, to see how a guy who was once so automatic is now talking about dealing with demons he kicks is just crazy.
1: Yeah, I miss missing extra points and everything.
0: Yeah. Uh, two missed field goals and a missed PAT in week one, and then two missed extra points last week, leaving the door open for Tennessee to get a game-winning field goal late. I mean, that was right there. Tennessee was at about the 50-yard line with not much time left, and they needed a fourth down conversion to, to basically put him in field goal range that could have won the game. Um, And and Indy got to stop, but, man. um, But that that should be a fun one. Next up, your Oakland Raiders who head into week three with a one-and-one record visiting the one-and-one Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are an eight-and-a-half point favorite. Now, look, I, I unfortunately think the Vikings are a better team than your Raiders and maybe Minnesota just runs the ball 40 times, and Kirk Cousins only has to put the ball in the air 10 times again, and they lean on a very good defense. But eight-and-a-half points scares me when it's a quarterback with a track record like Kirk Cousins' track record. And, you know, like we like we said before when we were talking about Denver, that the Raiders' offense looked pretty good on Monday Night Football.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bucs- Let's not forget the, the Raiders playing out their two starting guards the first two weeks of the season. I mean, they're still without one, but they do get Rich Incognito back this week, who will help them tremendously in their running game and in their pass protection. Uh, right. You know, like you said, I, I don't know if the Raiders can win this game. Do I think they can? I think they have a chance, yes. But man, oh, sure. Eight and a half points is a lot. That's of a time. lot. And the the Raiders have actually been stopping the run just fine. Like uh, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I mean they got the work cut out for them, but I, I think they can hang in this game.
0: And look, we we have seen Minnesota under with, with Kirk Cousins. They've lost games at home that they should have won last year. And you know, we we just sang Buffalo's praises, but last year there was a game where Minnesota I think was favored by like sixteen. Against just, Buffalo, and yeah, something crazy. I mean, more than two touchdowns, and not only did the Bills cover that game, they they routed them. They won outright yeah. by a lot. Yeah. Um, so it, it was week three. It was week three last year. Um, and Kirk Cousins it, four turnovers. Uh, the Vikings scored six points at home against Buffalo. So that can happen. Eight and a half. to seemed like a lot uh, against a competent Raiders team. That you know, that they could they could run the ball well. The, their defense has been better this year. I took the Raiders. I'm with you. All right. Uh, we're gonna bunch these two games together because there there's probably not much analysis. To, to go around for either of these two games, but the 0-2 New York Jets visiting the 2-0 New England Patriots. The 0-2 Miami Dolphins visiting the 2-0 Dallas Cowboys. The Patriots are favored by 22.5 American football points, and the Dallas Cowboys are favored by 21.5 of those very same points. If these lines hold, they will be the seventh and eighth games in NFL history according to our friends from Pro Football Reference, in which the line has been at least three touchdowns.
1: I got to tell you, I think they're both
0: changes. (laughs) I do, too. I do, too. I looked at both of these, and it's the same thing that we did last week with with New England and Miami. You kind of have to play the game. Well, how many points would it actually take for me to pick the underdog? A wow. Yeah, I just I, – I don't see it because not only are these two very, very good offenses, but they're two of the better defenses in the league too. And the Dolphins are trying to lose. They're a mess. The Jets are on their third straight quarterback who I had vague memories of playing at Washington State before Gardner Minshew started playing there. Um yeah, I I took New England, I took Dallas, as did you. What's interesting, though, is there have been six previous games with a favorite of 21 or more. The underdog is covered in every one of those games. The average margin of victory in those six games has been 13.5 points. If either of these two games are decided by 13 points, I would be shocked. Yeah, I know. I would be absolutely shocked. I, I would be, I'd be more surprised if they were thirteen point games than if New England and Dallas both won by sixty. Me too. I just wow. don't see how it happens. Um, quick question for you though, before we move on. Assuming that New England and Buffalo both win on Sunday, and both teams maintain relatively good health, how much do you think the Patriots would be favored by in Buffalo in Week Four? Seven.
1: kind of seems low.
0: I think New England's really good, man. Yeah, they're...
1: <laughs>
0: like, they're like, so good. This mu- this is probably their most stacked team since the '07 7 team.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're absolutely loaded.
0: man. All right, on to the four o'clock slate of games. The O and two New York Football Giants, co vice president of the Shitty Teams Club, visiting the one in one Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are favored by six and a half points at home. This we don't need
1: to, to-
0: No, it doesn't. I just want to say, I was surprised that you took Tampa Bay. I know that the Giants are a mess, but I'm just not sure that Jameis Winston should be favored by six and a half points over anybody. So I took the Giants.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I'll tell you that.
0: Also, one quick note before we move on. So you were were leading, well, co-leading our uncle was leading, but you were calling, uh, you know, doing your part for the offense of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish going 2-0 last week on Thursday night. But So you might not have, have seen all of the game, uh, or at least the start of the game, uh, Carolina-Tampa Bay. But at the start of the game, Joe Buck said, uh, Jameis Winston is tired of talking about the turnovers. And I thought to myself, well maybe if he didn't lead the NFL in turnovers, since he came into the league, we wouldn't have to talk about them.
1: I'm tired of watching Jameis Winston turn the ball. <laughs>
0: is that is that your personal opinion or, or the mindset of Tampa Bay Buccaneers since?
1: Probably well, it's probably, probably both. <laughs> All
0: right, let's move on. We split that one. Um the 0-2 Carolina Panthers visiting the 0-1-1 Arizona Cardinals. The Panthers are a two-and-a-half point favorite on the road. Yeah, Cam Newton, now look, he wasn't good last week, and he, apparently he's questionable for this game. He was in a walking boot at practice today for the Panthers. I, I don't know how they're a road favorite. Uh, against the Arizona team that they, that hasn't won a game, but they've been competent, and Kyler Murray looks better from week one to week two. He's progressing. Um, I took Arizona, and I I feel good about
1: it. That's how I felt too.
0: I did, I didn't have to think twice about that one. Nope. Um, we, the one-and-one one New Orleans Saints visit the 2-0 and o Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored by four. This was another curious line to me. And now I'm gonna we don't the even... Saints,
1: they love them Saints.
0: I guess so, man. The, Sean Payton hasn't even named a starter for week three yet.
1: I just saw that Ridgewater and Payton Hill are going to split time.
0: I don't think that's a good thing. I mean, Bridgewater didn't look great last week. And, you know, I the fact that he was able to come back from that knee injury a couple of years ago couldn't be happier for the guy. You know, uh, you obviously have to work your ass off to get back. I, I hope he does fine. But he didn't look great against the Rams. And Taysom Hill, he's been playing like special teams. Are we really ready to pencil him into be a starting quarterback for a team that could go on the road and and beat a playoff team from last year? I don't know. Four looks really low to me. I took Seattle and I feel good about it. As did I. Next up, the one and one Houston Texans visiting the one and one Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are a three point favorite. I have conflicted feelings about both of these teams, man. I, I, I don't know what to make of either of them. I don't know how good they're going to be throughout the course of the year on a week to week basis. I feel like I, I'm going to get these teams wrong a lot all year. And the funny thing is that I'm, I'm actually two and oh picking the Texans. Apparently I have a good feel for them. Um, but I, I'm going to take the Chargers at home, you know, getting the basic three, and I don't feel at all good about that.
1: Yeah, I thought this was tough too, but I, I just had to take the Chargers at home.
0: Again, I we're we're gonna this is gonna be a repeated theme, but man, I feel bad for your man Deshaun. Yeah, he just takes a beating. He has been sacked four or more times in eight straight games. That is an NFL record. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Speaking of terrible, the 0-2 Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the surprising 2-0 San Francisco 49ers. Maybe not surprising. They, They had Tampa Bay and Cincinnati in the first two weeks. Two road games. Uh, the Niners are favored by six and a half. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger out for the year with a with a right elbow injury. It's still kind of unclear what that injury actually is. It, it seemed like it was non-contact. I read some stuff uh, over the last couple of days that that said that during training camp he was frequently wearing a wrap with ice on that elbow. So maybe it's just wear and tear, maybe it's been something that's been building up, but either way, that not only changes Pittsburgh's trajectory this season, but also moving forward. He's going to be thirty eight at the start of next year. Um and again, we we mentioned this before. They they gave up a first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, and I he's a good player. He's solid, he's young, but they have a lot more holes on that defense than just one cornerback. Yeah,
1: I mean, eh, I, I think I think they gotta you know maybe consider a different coordinator. All uh, the schemes are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at what Tom Brady and Russell Wilson did to them through the air; they just carved them up. Um,
0: eh. And again, to be I, fair. The two quarterbacks to just name Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, first ballot Hall of Famers. So yeah,
1: I mean but, it's not
0: it's not like they're being carved up by by Andy Dalton and whoever the hell. You know what I mean? Like they, they're getting beat by legit guys, but it's not good. It's not yeah. good, and that that's part of the reason why I thought there would be another season where they missed the playoffs because I didn't think the offense would be as good without Antonio Brown. Um, and, you know, last year they were without Le'Veon Bell all year, but, you know, that's a big drop-off, and I just didn't think the defense was going to be very good, and it hasn't been. No, um, they're not good. And that that Niners offense, it was shaky week one, but, man, they looked good against the Bengals last week. Yes, they did. Um, you know, Shanahan called a hell of a game. Garoppolo finally looked, finally looked like... The guy, and they ran the ball really well. The, all these no-name guys: Matt Breda, Raheem Mostert, some guy named Jeff Wilson, who I had never heard of. They had 238 rushing yards last week against the Bengals. Um, I took the Niners. I might just have to admit defeat on them. I didn't think that they would be very good. It looks like they're going to go to three and zero, though.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: All right, now this is a marquee Sunday night football game. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, Michelle Tafoya, Aaron Donald, Odell Beckham, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, the one and only Coach Handsome. The Los Angeles Rams, who are 2-0 visiting the 1-1 Cleveland Browns. The Rams are a three-point road favorite. I'm excited for this one.
1: I'm excited for it, too. Um, I, I like the Rams, though, on the road. I, I just think they're battle-tested. Um, they know how to win on the road. They got the best road record in the NFL over the last, like, two or three years.
0: Yeah, so like they
1: came in, yep. Um, I, I, I just think the Rams handle, handle the East Coast trip just fine. And they go to Cleveland, and I think the game's exciting for a while. But I think I think as the game goes on, the Rams the Rams are going to assert their dominance.
0: I I could see it. You know, we we don't really have a body of work from this Browns team to evaluate. They have one win against a very depleted Jets team. Um, they stunk in their home opener against Tennessee. I, I took Cleveland, though. I, I think that this Browns crowd is going to be fired up. I think, you know, they'll look at this as a do-over from their week one debacle. Um, that offense finally started to click last week against the Jets. They looked a little better. You know, Odell had the spectacular one-handed catch. He had the 80-something yard touchdown that really broke the game open. Um I think that place will be electric. I think it's going to be a fun game. I just thought, okay, if this Browns thing was going to happen, they probably need to get a win on a big stage. So I took Cleveland.
1: I, I, I went with the Rams.
0: Um, finally, Monday Night Football. The one and one Chicago Bears, who got to one and one by the skin of their teeth, visiting the O and two Washington Redskins. The Bears are a three and a half road, three and a half point road favorite. Um, I would just like to point out that for the last two weeks, you gave me grief because I picked against the Bears. You gave me grief all last year because every week I picked against the Bears. I just want to point out that so far this year, I'm 2-0 picking Bears games. They haven't covered either game. They they lost outright as a three-point favorite against Green Bay in Week 1. They didn't cover last week against Denver. I see no reason why I should go against this tried-and-true betting strategy that I have. Give me the skins plus 3.5. You're a suck man. (laughs) <laughs> what what makes you sick? You're a sick man. What? Explain to me why I'm
1: sick. Because Washington stinks, dude.
0: They they weren't in our shitty teams club. No, but
1: they're in the. the they have a membership. <laughs> yeah, they. It's like a BJ's card. They go once in a while, not every day, but they attend. Right. So you're, take, you're taking it. the Bears. Yeah, I just think the defense will dominate the game for the Bears, and um,
0: that's fine. I, I think the I think the defense could dominate the game. The, the defense has been awesome for the first two games. They've they've given up what, how many points? Like. What is it, 24 points, 23 points, something like that? Their defense has been fine. I'm fine with the defense. But your, your man, Maserati Mitch, he, he's still been 2005 light blue table in 2013, Mitch, this year. Save for, save for an awesome throw that put the Bears in field goal range. But he wasn't good in that game. He wasn't good against Green Bay. I'm still waiting to see it. And I need to see it before I can believe it. Um, And you damn sure better believe the Bears are favored. I'm not picking them because I could win both ways as I did last week. So call me sick if you would like. But I'm the sick man who is 2-0 picking games with my favorite team so far.
1: True. Valid point.
0: So. Five games different that Redskins-Bears won. You had the Rams. I had Cleveland. Um, I had the New York Giants. You had Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had the Detroit Lions. You picked Philadelphia. And I picked Jacksonville. You went with Tennessee. So we could have a monumental standing shift heading into week four, Polly. I wish you the best of luck.
1: <laughs> best of luck to you too my friend
0: and uh give us the the insight on the on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish game this week
1: oh we got a big game um state rankings just came out uh today for this year so far and uh the team we're playing Red Jacket they come in at number three and uh they got us at ninth I I think uh we're a little disrespected right now And uh, I I think uh, we got to come out and and prove a point on Saturday. I I think, uh, you know, I I think our guys are ready. And uh, I think we're the better football team, but we got to prove it on the field, you know. So, you know, we'll be ready. And uh, it's going to be a fun game. There's going to be a lot of people there. And I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to this one.
0: You just gave your opponent some some bulletin board material. Better be careful with that, Polly. Nah. There's no <laughs> I mean, we, we them. I just,
1: you know, I'm sure they think they're better than us too. So that's of fine. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just rolling with my guys. That's all.
0: As am I. I will be uh, if that game's on. I will be watching. I will be thinking about you guys. I'll be rooting for you. I wish you the best of luck to get to three and zero on the year. And again, best of luck in your week three picks. Um, we will be back. For the week four slate of games. Thank you for listening. Uh, hope everyone has a delightful weekend of football. Polly, take care, buddy. Have a good night.